The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamualaikum. You're tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's Friday, 10th of March, and the time is now 10 o'clock. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and joining me on the show today is my guest, Khadija. Now, Khadija is, I'm sure, very well known to the many uh, people in the town. Um, she's a key member of the community, uh, offering a range of support and learning services. Um, I'm not going to keep going on about how great she is and the contribution she does to the community because I will get um, Khadija to formally introduce herself to the show a little later. But first, Khadija, Slam and welcome to the show. How are you and how has your week been? Walaikum Salaam. Alhamdulillah. Um, the week's really flown by, uh, to be honest. Um, we've had some weather. I'm a bit hesitant driving, but I did it today. Oh, well done. But, um, uh, but um, it's it's been a, a busy week, but getting at the end of it. So looking forward to that weekend, should I say. Yes, absolutely. Now, I know, um, Khadija, there was um, an event going on on Wednesday for International Women's Day. So I know that you attended a very special event. Uh, can you tell me a bit more about this? How was it? Well, it was actually um, the uh, launch of the awards, uh, community awards, but um, I, we were there also celebrating um, International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Great event, loads of women, nice to see um, uh, our men supporting uh, women there as well. Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm quite a key person in terms of um, the support that I've got. Um, I mean, mum's always supported me in terms of making sure that we achieved what we wanted and always had those goals that we and dreams that we wanted to fulfill I was a bit shy to be honest but I think once you get there you're oh. you sort of move along don't you but I think after that after my husband has really been the rock in terms of supporting me in whatever I want to do and here I am um, a politician should I say not the career I would have chosen but um it was one that um, he turned me to enter, and I'm here today. Um, I was serving the community anyway from home, doing all little bits and pieces, filling out forms, etc. People that my dad knew would bring back, oh, could you fill this in for me? So I was always doing it. Yeah. So he said, why don't you just start doing it, you know, and serving the community in a different way? So here I am today. Here you are, I know. And um and so great to see you and so great to see the pictures of you and um the women of the community um and the contribution that you guys are doing to the uh, community. So it's lovely to see those pictures. And as you say, it's nice to see, especially coming from a South Asian community, it's very nice to see um the men support this and um and, and put a stand on women having their rights and working and progressing as well. So it's nice to see see that so yes uh, you mentioned the weather the weather has actually been quite great but well done you for driving in the snow because it's something I don't like doing um uh, and alhamdulillah it hasn't actually been that bad the weather in terms of setting on the grounds I think the gritters have been out quite well on the roads and um and done the roads so it's been safe to drive but um 
my daughter made a joke because um, I had a fall last time we had snow. And so now when I walk, I walk really purposefully. And um, she said, you walk like a granny through the snow, mum. And I said, it's because I'm so scared of falling. And that's age. I guess that's age because with age, I'm finding that I'm more conscious about falling and hurting myself. So I take everything really slowly now. And I'm thinking, gosh, I really have got old. So yeah, that was my week there. But that wasn't the only eventful part of my week, um, Khadija, um, as well as the snow and the disruption that it causes. I managed to lock myself outside of my house. Oh, God. And it's not the first time I've done it. So when I did it the first time, I thought, right, OK, I'm going to get all the keys that are of all the access points of my house. So the back door key, the patio key. I'm going to have all of them on this key so that if I ever get locked out, I can at least use these keys. But Brains over here has put those keys on the main key. So when I left the main key, that was all my keys there. So I was locked out. And um, luckily, my mother-in-law lives around the corner from me. So I had to walk with a, a, a very grumpy two-year-old all the way to my mother-in-law's house. And I sat there until um, my elder daughter, my Sarah, came to my rescue. And uh, <laughs> she had a key, so she she let me back in. But Gosh, it was. It, I don't know what I've learned from it really, because I, I think I need to just keep loads of keys everywhere now instead of having it all on one bunch. Well, I do. What I've done is that um, most of my close family members have a key to my house. Ah, uh, yes. So you know, maybe a key with your mother-in-law. Yeah, I know. I'm going to do that now. Actually, that's a good idea. I'm going to unlearn from that. That's the thing I'm going to take from that. So listeners, just to make you aware that today it's a pre-recorded show. So unfortunately, we won't be taking any questions or messages in the show. We are, however, accessible via the tune in through Inspire FM webpage, And um, we are on, on air. Um, listeners can also tune in uh, to the Inspire FM and on their smartphones and listen to the show. And hopefully this show will be um, aired on the Facebook page where you can also obviously leave any comments and must like the show um, around today's topic. Now, in today's show, I am going to be talking to um, Khadija about Umrah. Now, I felt she was a best fit character for this uh, show because, um, mashallah, alhamdulillah, uh, Khadija has um, made this journey uh, several times in the last couple of years. So she's um, probably got more knowledge than I have uh, from the one time that I've been in my life. Uh, so she has a lot of more knowledge and experience in this. So um, I wanted her to share her beautiful journey that she's made and... Um, but first, Khadija, before I go on about um, Umrah and your journey, can I please get you to um, introduce yourself to the listeners? I'm Khadija Malik. Um, I'm a counsellor representing Chorney Ward uh, and I'm the portfolio holder for public health and wellbeing. Um, but um, I am Khadija Malik just as a, a person, really. Um, the titles don't really mean. And you've and missed a very key thing out who you are as well. You're a mother and a mother of, um, mashallah, a family, uh, you know, elder children and your children vary in age as well. So, you know, you've got expertise in the, the teens, the adulthoods and the young ones. So, mashallah, you're a mum. And first and foremost, you have the most um, valued job there being a mum because it's not easy. And to to juggle a job and a role outside of that um, is, is amazing. So hats off to you. Now, Khadija, in lockdown, we had, um, and during the pandemic, the Umrah and Hajj was cancelled. 
So it was it was all shut off and uh, there was no external visitors that could come and see the beautiful masjids. Um, it was quite sad watching it on the telly. How did this make you feel? So um, when actually lockdown happened, I just before then, I was actually in, uh, in Medina oh, in March. Okay. So I had gone to Umrah and we were, there was all this panic in Medina that the uh, hotels were closing down and apparently one that was near uh, gate number six uh, was going to shut down and we weren't going to be able to go back to Mecca. Uh, we were going to travel back after we'd done another Umrah uh, and return. So we didn't know what this was, the pandemic and, you know, all this, what really was happening. But all we know is something had happened and hotels were being shut down. We didn't know. Then there was rumour that we were going to get to Mecca. We weren't going to be able to perform Umrah. I said to my husband, we need to go anywhere. We need to go from there. Let's do our Nia from there and set off. Um, apparently there was cordons and people were being stopped. There's all sorts of rumours. Anyway, we managed. Um, I don't know how true they were, but we managed, alhamdulillah. And we got to Mecca and we performed our Umrah. And we returned. And when I returned here, you know when you come back from Umrah, you have this cough. So I went to the pharmacist and it was very early days and the pharmacist says, yeah, that's normal. You come back from Umrah and most people will have this cough. A day or two later, I was in the shop coughing and everybody just ran away. It was the beginning of the pandemic. So I still had those memories within me when I'd returned. And this was my second trip. Uh, um, my first trip was with my family, um, that's my children and my husband. And this one was with my son now um, and my husband. So we'd come back. It was all new to me. And when I'd heard that everything had been shut down and people weren't going, we were watching all those people, nobody there. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing that got in my head was that, look, I really wanted, I'd been planning to perform Hajj. So for many years, I'd started to uh, save um, and uh, I, I just didn't know. It was like there was my dream about to come true and now we didn't know when or what was going to happen. So um, I was just, there was nothing really you could do. We just, I spent a lot of time sort of watching uh, on TV, but all you'd see was just those few people going around and, yeah. you know. It was, it was, it was quite emotional. It was a, an emotional time to see. And I think... Um, my mum, my mum and dad, since my dad retired, my mum and dad, um, uh, I think my dad retired. And in the first three years, every year they were going and doing Umrah. So it was like their their trip because my dad said, you know, every time I was working, my it was compromised. Me and your mum couldn't go. So now we can go. I'm going to make the most of it. So mum and dad did. So my mum felt very attached. She felt like she she had a piece of her there in, in Medina. So when she would watch the um, TV and see it, she was heartbroken. I remember her phoning me and saying, it's so sad to watch it. And especially when they put the wall around the Garba so that you couldn't yeah. actually go near the Garba. And that was what my mum's like, I hope, I really hope that they, this wall doesn't stay there as a permanent thing. It comes away and it's, you know, and so, yeah, I'm going to get you to unveil that a little bit. So firstly, you know, you, you said you went to Umrah. Um, what inspired you to make this journey? So for years and years, um, I remember in any gatherings or anything, I would just get really emotional. 
mm. about not being able to go. When you hear people's experiences about how they went, it's very different. You can't really experience when somebody else is telling you about how things are with anything. Um, unless you really go, it doesn't really mean it's just pictures to you and you have that. It's exactly what your mum says. You know, you you want to feel, but there's there's nothing more than you wanting to just go and you're yearning to go. You just want to go, but there was nothing, you know. So I used to sit there for years and years. I, I'd hear with the people around me, close friends, my neighbours. There's me planning for years and I'd keep being told that, we're not going to go to Umrah. We're going to always do Hajj. My husband said, that's the most important thing. So we're not going to go to Umrah. So I never thought that I'd actually go to Umrah first. Okay. And I had two opportunities with my husband. And every time he asked me, I, I refused straight away. And um, I just afterward would just go around driving and just get really upset. I don't know. But I didn't want to talk to anybody. But I just wanted. I didn't know why I'd said no and it wasn't he didn't want to take me I just said it was with mail and I didn't really want to go mm. so I didn't go and then one day you know I would every time we'd sit in the car it was I would just put those um nasheeds on that would tell me that you know the opportunity was never there etc so I'd continuously listening to this and obviously something hit my husband and as he said to me we just planned it with a couple of days and he said um we as a family uh, it's going to be the half term and I was thinking that the children we could take the children and you could go because I now said that if you were going to go Umrah I wasn't going to take that opportunity on my own because I never knew if I'd go again so I really wanted to take my children with me so we booked it was within a few weeks and we were all going wow. very excited yeah wow 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 how amazing so you know and and it just goes to show because you know, you do, these things aren't planned. Sometimes we think we're planning them and we're, you know, but, you know, Allah facilitates and, you know, the door opened for you and your and your path was made easy for you. And, and, and what a way to go where you could go with the whole family, because um, my my Umrah trip was back in 2009. So my eldest is um, now 16 and at the time she was two and my youngest was my second eldest was uh he was three months when we went so he hadn't even had all his immunizations and I remember having him in a baby carrier and her on tow and it was just amazing because you know I know since 2009 a lot's changed and you're going to unveil that because there's been so I mean when I look at it the tv I'm like wow it just seems like the infrastructure's totally changed there's so much there now so um talk to me about your journey when you went with your family so let's let's go because mashallah you have been several times I want to take you back to the time that you went first time with your family and your children so when you when you went there and you saw the Kaaba for the first time with your children how how was this you know what was your feeling so the very first time I went I just didn't know what to expect um my husband had been so he said that when when I tell you you can look up at the Kaaba, but stare at the Kaaba and make all your duas. Yeah. And so he was really guiding us and we just had our heads down on the floor as yeah. we walked towards the Kaaba. And then when we stopped, it was just just something that you just can't explain. You would, I was just so emotional looking at the Kaaba. I couldn't actually believe that I was really there. It didn't seem real for days. Wow. And um, someone said to me, when you make that uh, dua, 
you know, and make one that, you know, you really want. And I think I prayed that I want to just come back again and again. Uh, and because um, I always believe, um, and, you know, I remember going to one of these talks and they said that you can never go, you know, people would say, you'd say that you're going because it's something you're feeling a part of your, uh, you know, um, uh, five pillars of Islam, you know, etc. But you don't go until you're invited. It's an invite that you get. And without the invite, you can never go. Because I planned for years and wasn't able to go. So, yeah. you know, with the children, um, my children were older, but my youngest was, um, I think she was eight, okay. eight, nine when she went with me. Yeah. And the girls were older. And I was really, really um, quite anxious because my son's autistic okay. and he doesn't really like um, hustle bustle too much, you know, noise, etc. So I was really, really... I was really like, you know, because men would get separated from the women when we were doing, but when we were doing the Umrah, we were together. It was a Friday, so we performed at Umrah after we finished, because we got there early in the morning, about one o'clock. So we performed at Umrah. Then we went back, got freshened up. We went back again because it was Jumma, so we went to read Jumma. We hadn't rest. We didn't rest. We hadn't slept. The whole flight journey, arriving there, etc. And then I remember my little one, she just, she couldn't take it anymore. So while we were praying, she was on the floor. It was like she was dead, really, next to us. People would go past her telling us, is she okay? But she was sleeping because she was so tired. Oh Bless her. But she wanted to be there with us, but she couldn't take up anymore. But we couldn't leave her on her own. So after we finished, um, we went back. But my daughters then kept her because I didn't want to waste any time and just wanted to be in front of the Gaba. Yeah. So the girls would take her away. And I would really, you know, it's quite difficult trying to find a slot, but you can find a space in front of the garbage if you were single. But if yeah. there was like, because I had four daughters with me mm. and you, you couldn't find a space. So I said to them, here's the hotel, make your way back whenever you need to. Gave them money and said, here's a money. If you need to eat anything, you can go and help yourself. Mm. And I'll get on with what I need to get on with. Yeah. making lots of noise for all those amazing people. isn't it when you go there because everyone always feels this that when you go there like oh no you're gonna you know like when you're here and you go out with your children m number one thing in my head that yeah. always happens is oh they need to eat they need to be you know watched over you're constantly concerned for them that wherever you're going you don't really enjoy it now I know you say your children are a bit more older so you're a bit more relaxed but you as a mum you never really switch off but it's amazing that when you go there you know your time is limited and you know the opportunities are limited and you just automatically know that where you've come, your children, there's no harm that can come to them and you could just leave them and go. But you, as Absolutely. a mum, if, if anyone said this to me and I would be like, no, I, I couldn't leave my child and go, but you can, you know, and you did. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, you did and you're able to do that. So, you know, uh, so, uh, Khadija, you've talked about, um, mashallah, being having the opportunity of doing Umrah. Can I can I ask how many times you have been? I've been uh, two, two, three, four times. Mashallah. And is this post-lockdown or a, a, a one before so I went 2018, then I did one when it was locked, just as lockdown arrived. Yeah. And as soon as it opened, yeah. I had planned to go in October. Yeah. However, I then looked and found, oh, my God, I thought, oh, Ramadan's coming up. And the holidays, I always wanted to do Umrah in Ramadan. They say it's really different. And I said to my husband, and we ended up booking it for Ramadan. Wow. It was just 
Uh, and then I went Ramadan last year, last Ramadan. And when I came back, I said, oh, can't do Hajj this year. Too many restrictions, not going to do it. Everybody that visited me I said, I'm not going to Hajj. And then I was fortunate enough to do Hajj last year. And then my last trip, most recently, just a few weeks ago, I went with my siblings. All six of us went together. My younger brother planned that. Yeah. And I may I reward him? I mean, I mean, you can give a big shout out to your younger brother there. Um, well done to him for organising that. May Allah reward him for that because, yes, I it's mean. quite nice. It's a, it's a special uh, journey. There's, you can do holidays with your siblings. You can go places, but to 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 go somewhere where you can experience that spiritual journey is totally different to do it with your siblings. So, uh, talk me through a little bit about that. Actually, how was that going with the siblings? The siblings' journey was amazing. Um, it comes with challenges, yeah. But overall, it was a beautiful experience. Um, we did Umrah. Uh, my brother really wanted us to do an Umrah for both our parents. Yeah, we fulfilled. And something that you would always dream about when you're older and you have your own families. Sometimes it's very difficult to get together, even sometimes. And for him to arrange for all of us and pay for us. Yeah. and take us to Umrah was just amazing um you know like you said may Allah reward him uh you know may all his difficulties be eradicated and you know may Allah give him here and after uh, everything he fulfills for you know and um it was really a really really good experience to be with your siblings no children yeah. nobody else yeah. and you know when you're in that place to be honest you forget about the worldly things I know I personally I don't know I, you're not thinking about the children yeah. maybe at a point when you get to the hotel at some times and you you know laid back when if you do get to the hotel at some point yeah. because you know um that place is is always awake nobody ever sleeps so you can go up one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock there isn't a time not at all where yeah. you'll find people sleeping and, you know, it's just amazing. So it was a really, really different experience to all the other times that I've been. Yeah, well, it's nice. So um, are you the eldest or the second eldest? How, how are you in the... I'm number three. So oh, the okay. sisters are older and then the brothers are younger. So this uh, was my younger brother. Oh, nice. Okay. So, you know, you felt like a true sister there. And, and that was so lovely, the the word that you made for your brother. So I hope, um, you know... Um, he does get rewarded for them, inshallah, and uh, very kind that it is that he's um, taken you guys. So you, you mentioned um, briefly there were some challenges with the siblings. Can I can I ask um, uh, how how this was? You know, what was what was any difficulties or any challenges that you did? So I mean, we when you when you're travelling out to perform anything. Um, um, when you're tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're tested in many ways. You may have difficulties as you go on the planes, the time delay. Um, not everybody can be patient sometimes. You know, going out to eat, trying to make, make sure everybody um, has what they want to eat and you're in the right place. You know, you go to the, I mean, one of the issues we had, we got to the hotel and um, you know that my brother and husband are travel agents. Uh, but unfortunately, what had happened was that the supplier hadn't booked in us in the hotel. So we had an issue with the hotel and we were all drained out. We'd been on a 10 hour journey and we got there. 
And um, I was there telling everybody to be calm. And this was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, sometimes when you're really tired and sleepy, you're thinking, I just want to have my umrah out the way and I want my bed. You know, so sometimes, you know, there are... Yeah. There are, I believe that because I've been so many times, I just believe that these are things that always happen in these places. And when you hear other people's stories, you know, similarities around things happening like that. And, and you know, it's a test to see how patient you are yeah. around this. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this is the place where uh, everyone's patience will be tested because, uh, you know, of the sheer number of people that are there and the obstructions and the difficulties you will face. Now, uh, Khadija, we've got just um, uh, over a minute until the break uh, kicks in. So I won't ask the next question. Um, I will uh, stop you there now and let you have a little bit of a rest before I uh, go into more questions, which will be uh, after the break. So listeners, if you have just tuned in, where have you been? Um, I have the love Khadija with me this morning and we are talking about um, Khadija's journey uh, for Umrah. Mashallah, she has made many so she is a woman that is fully equipped and knowledgeable in this field so do stay tuned in for now go refill your hot drinks cold drinks whatever it is that you're having with me uh, this morning and uh, use this opportunity to enjoy the commercial break and join us just after the break uh, where I will be asking uh, Khadija about some top tips and advice for you all to make notes on about your own journey if you are planning that now Khadija Mashallah has actually even made a journey to uh, Umrah in Ramadan and we are not far from our own Ramadan so um, again if anyone is planning to make this journey during Ramadan um, listen in stay tuned because I will be getting Khadija to share some top tips around what to do uh, in Ramadan and uh, how her Ramadan journey was but for now uh, go refill your drinks and join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. It's Friday 10th of March and the time is 10.30. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show this morning is my guest Khadija. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, so Khadija and I have been talking about Khadija's uh, journeys uh, of Umrah. Uh, mashallah, she has um, been on quite a few over the last couple of years and uh, she's been able to unveil some of the um, challenges she's faced. Um, and she's also experienced a very, um, I, I would say, special moment because uh, she was able to go and do Umrah with her siblings. And, and it's something that um, inshallah I hope to do um, I think it would be quite interesting because we're all very different so I'd like to it'd be nice to see us in that challenging atmosphere uh, to see how how we would all cope um, but alhamdulillah you said there were challenging moments but you overcome them and you know you you knew these tests were there and you know you were able to uh, go go beyond them and you still stuck together you didn't have anyone storm off in their own way no, but alhamdulillah, I think it's about reminding yourself why you're there. What's the purpose of you actually being there? Why are you, you know, who's invited you? What place are you in? I yeah. think that makes an immense difference about anything that you ever did. And I think it takes you a bit of time when you visited a few times to really, you know, because you're overwhelmed the first time you go and you went for 10 days. Yeah. And it's really overwhelming, you know, and so much to take in and 
yes and as you go you know it just you know the more I think connected you get Mm. and that's what it was for me the more connected I got I feel like your mum even now I'm sitting here I can feel my heart just it's a different feeling when you just talk about the fact that you leave your heart you've leave something behind there and you the only thing when when um anyone says you want to go on a holiday you're saying yeah take me to I'll go to Umrah yeah mashallah yeah see that's it because for you that's that's where your heart is calling so you you will always feel that and, and that's amazing that's amazing uh so listeners um just to make you aware today's show is a um a pre-record so um we won't be taking in any questions or comments but hopefully the show is live on the um facebook page so if you do have any comments or questions or even any of your own experiences that you want to just post up please do post up on there and um yeah, inshallah i will do my best to try and respond or, or share with khadija herself as well so khadija i talked about um the challenges that you faced um before i go on now you went um post lockdown as well so you went there when it was all in the madness was kicking off uh, so that didn't actually probably hit home until you came back to the UK as to how bad lockdown and the pandemic was going to be and the repercussions that it was going to have on us and um, our social network. But going back to a place like Saudi and seeing Mecca and Medina, where there is a hundred and thousands and millions of people, millions of people, literally, how did it feel going to a crowded place after at the pandemic that we've had and the and the um challenges that we've seen of not being able to see people and be with people how did it feel I mean when I when you go into when I went into Makkah or Medina there was lots of restrictions when so when if I talk about the time I went um in Ramadan so that was my first visit after lockdown so since lockdown happened it was a few months later I think it was that so I'd planned and then we'd gone in in Ramadan and uh, I think when you go there, even though we hadn't been around people here, mm. it was automatically, it's like you switch, you know that people are there, it's crowded. But Alhamdulillah, all the time what I found is that when you go, um, so now what they were doing was that if you were performing Umrah, you were only allowed to go into the Kaaba area down on the first floor. Um, so you had to, the men had to be in the ihrams. And the ladies were allowed in because obviously we don't wear harams where we are, jilbabs, and we 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 could go through. But the men strictly had to be in their harams, uh, and uh, a few times they were they would check to see that you'd booked a slot to be uh, uh, booked in to do perform umrah. Yeah. So they still had the uh, the cordon on in front of the kaaba. Yeah. And you couldn't touch the kaaba. But what I found is that when you went inside. Um, you were able to um, actually uh, not touch the cover at all. But when when I was performing Umrah, you actually found that it was so crowded, but I found like there was way made for you. Yeah. It was like you, as you were going around, all of a sudden you see all these people, so many people around you, but all of a sudden it's like God was making way for you. you there was no one in front of you, and you'd sort of go past, and then the, the crowded area, you know, uh, is where the black stone is and everybody wants to touch that and it gets congested there but apart from that it was like an easy flow it's like as if oh my god you know it's just becoming so easy 
and yeah. so that wall that was around the Gaba, I don't know now. I know um, even... You know the white? Yeah. Is it yeah that was there? still there. It was still there. No, not this time now. Oh, but okay. when I went in, uh, when I went in Ramadan, it, they had it around there and you weren't able to touch the Gaba at all. Wow. Okay. When I went back to Hajj, it was the same oh, with okay. the restrictions. Okay. And when you went to Medina, we had the same. So the children weren't allowed in the mosque. So if you were under 12, you couldn't take them into the mosque. Okay. Um, so they in Ramadan, you know, because, you know, normally when we went, you, you could take children into the mosque. Yeah. So now they put those restrictions in. Um, uh, obviously, during Hajj, I didn't have a, but I did find other other parents were complaining about the fact that they weren't allowed to yeah go yeah no absolutely um but that's amazing that you know you performed it in both ways where you saw the wall there and then you didn't see the wall so you know obviously from emotional perspective when you went back with your siblings um i'm assuming that's probably when you didn't see the wall there how did yeah. that feel how did that feel to be able to go back to the Baba and be close to it I never thought that they were going to take, I thought it was going to be there permanently. And hence, that was the reason why I didn't want to go back for Hajj. Yeah. I thought, I can't go. You know, I want to be able to touch the Gabra again and at yeah. some point. But when I went for Hajj, I thought, they're not going to do this now. But when I saw those, they'd taken them off at some point before we'd gone. And then they were putting them back again. And then I thought to myself, when I'd got there, I, I, did, have, I did post some, videos of me uh, actually touching the Kaaba but it was like there was no one there it's like as if the place was just emptied out for us to get the front there you yeah. know and there's the moments where you know that you know God's looking out for you and I was God just going to ask what the best moment and highlight of your Umrah trips have been and I guess you probably answered that where where it's probably getting close to the Kaaba and being yeah. able or is there more for me I had actually sitting in front of the Gaba um, and just being able to my du'as and have that connection. Uh, and one special moment I had was that I sat down and I had the opportunities to do all the things I really wanted to touch the Gaba, being at the front, doing everything. But the one thing I wasn't able to do was touch the Hajjari Aswad. Uh, the Blackstone, and you know how hard that is. Uh, people get squashed, all sorts. And I never wanted to do that and get squashed. So I sat there praying in front of the Kaaba. And this is when I went with my son. Uh, and a, an Egyptian sister came and sat next to me. And uh, she asked me, she could speak English, and she asked me um, who I came with. And I said, I'd come with my son and husband. But they were doing their own bits because when I get there, um, I don't want to know about anybody else. I'm really selfish. My children tell me that as well, but I am. Yeah. I'm there for a purpose and um, I want to make all the make time that I can to be absolutely. every second in front of the Gaba. So I sat there and I was wishing that, that one thing I haven't done is gone there. So she said, I'm scared to go there. And that's one thing I haven't done. And I've come with my two sons and husband and my sons are with my husband. But I'm too scared on my own and I wanted to do a dwarf. And I said to her, why are you scared? Come on, I'm on my own as well, but I'm claustrophobic. But at the, when I'm there, it's just different. Mm -hmm. So she linked her arm with me and we set off and we made our need and we did our dwarf. And as we went round, she met, she could speak Arabic. So she spoke to one of the soldiers and she said to him, look, we wanted to touch the Hashri Asdwad. Is there any chance? 
he said to us, go back and come back at Maghrib time. And we went forward and all the men at the front row had to sit down because the Adhan was about to go. There was no one at the front. The front of the Kaaba was empty. And there was a row of women, only a handful. And they, he, she, she told him that you told me to come back. And he said, just wait there. And we went. She went first on her own, literally, and she put her head in. And when she returned, uh, she went forward. And then I went and I did it. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, if I prayed for anything else, it would have happened. No, hus- Nobody around us, literally on our own. The whole place was empty. And if any men tried to come forward, they would just shout at them. And they were just, they, you know, literally telling them to sit down. They weren't allowed to come because, you know, the ladies were there and they shouldn't be anywhere near us. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wow. believe that I'd actually. Wow. So that was my moment where it was just different feeling I've got goosebumps just hearing that and it's amazing so I mean we've talked about you being and spending time in um in in the Gaba how how you know I haven't mentioned it much here but how was it um when you went to Medina um you know did you feel the same spiritual connection there you know knowing that you're in the city where the Prophet is and being there how how did you feel in Medina so Alhamdulillah, I'm, I've always, you know, for me, because when you're doing, um, you're performing du'a, you're doing Umrah when you're in uh, in Makkah, yeah. you're always, you're always, it's not that you're not praying when you get to Medina, but I just had a different feeling when I was in Makkah. Yeah. It was so more peaceful when you get to Medina. Yeah. Um, you're not doing the du'a, you know, you're just reading, you're sitting, um you're sending your salawats over the Prophet and, you know, going in to um, the Rosa Mubarak. Yeah. Um, and that is, um, I think, for me, the most anxious part where women are pushing and shoving to get inside. Um, they've made a, a, a system where you have to book it. But as you walk in and outside, it's still the same. And I sort of walk away from the women and I'd like to just stay so that I'm not pushing anyone and no one's pushing me because I, I, when you're on your own, you're just scared you're going to get squashed because, yeah. you know, it's very, very difficult. But Alhamdulillah, it's a, it's, it's very different. You're really calm. Yeah. Um, it's very peaceful in Ramadan in terms of, you know, you, you go there. Um, I had my little camera lady when I went in Ramadan, my daughter, Alhamdulillah, she did all the shots and everything for me. Yeah. And it was very different in Ramadan when we got to Medina, very calm. Um, it was just praying and reading Quran. Um, you know, you weren't thinking about, oh, I'm going to do a dwarf now and I'm fasting. But I did my dwarfs when I was fasting as well. There was nothing. Um, Alhamdulillah, I wasn't hungry. There was nothing. I wouldn't eat until after Isha. I would just have my dates, water. Um, they used to, they, they give, the Arabs give this little gava, gava they call it. In very small cups, and I used to think, Oh god, and it was a bit bitter, but I had it a few times, and actually, I quite enjoyed it then. Um, and I got off my tea. Oh, wow, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? How our bodies um ad- adapt to the culture very quickly, especially um, with the, the food and everything. Which brings me to my next question because whenever <laughs> we make this journey, um, and I know we shouldn't, you know, make it priority and think about food the whole time because um, I recall from when I went in, in 2009, I had a three month old baby who I was breastfeeding, and um, 
I, I solely survived on Zamzam water because there were times that I couldn't, you know, grab something to eat because I wanted to make, as you say, when you're in Gaba, in the Gaba, you just want to make the most of every opportunity. And then when you go to Medina, which I found was very family orientated and it was really nice because I, I love the way after Maghrib, they pull the rugs out and, and all the families sit down to have their meals. That's consistent throughout the year, whether it's in Ramadan or whether it's outside of Ramadan, the Maghrib was like the key time everyone sat down with their cups of tea and, and used to chill out. So it's quite nice seeing that in, in Medina, but I, I found that um, my Zamzam was the thing that kept me going, but you do you do think now I think if I were to go because I've got children that are a bit more younger and uh, not as young as three months where they're dependent on me they actually need food is food an issue out there how how would you say you know can we get anything there now you can get anything there yeah, most people like to go there because it's all halal there when you get there KFC yes. McDonald's oh, wow um, all those fast food places there Starbucks um so, you know, they've got loads of other American ones as well. So there's loads of places you can go and eat, whether you want um, an Asian, a Chinese, or you name it, you can get it there, everything. Oh, okay. But I... an issue. <laughs> no, it's not. But, you know, the biggest thing for me, lightweight, carrying in your rucksack, peanuts. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, and I used to have... Um, so I made sure I had uh, dehydration tablets with me. So if you felt that you were dehydrated because of the sun, et cetera, um, I would just have them, you know, tablets in my bag. You know, I'd have a little pack with all my medication really in there. I didn't really need it at all there. Um, it's like as if your whole pains just go away. It's like as if you've been lying some of the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do have a lot of health issues. Yeah. But I felt like, you know, I think when you're so connected and you're there, we get all the vitamin D, all the sun there. I remember getting burnt on a Juma. I came back, my whole nose and my forehead was all, because it was so hot and, you know, you wanted to put water in your face, your sun cream going and you know, you know, you're so into reading and doing everything that you forget your hat's still on, but it's so hot directly. Sometimes the sun is just hitting you direct from yeah. the Gaba that, you know, and, I, you know, to get a good spot, I'd gone nine in the morning and by the time I left, it was like half 12, quarter to one. No, and I, I think we underestimate the heat. And there is a difference. I don't know if you felt it, but the heat in um, uh, when you're at um, Makkah is different to the heat in Medina. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But this time it was very cold in Medina, but oh. it was hot in Makkah, this last trip I made. Yeah. And we needed our jumpers in Medina. Yes, because I remember um, I went in... It was April time when I went and I remember in Makkah it was unbearably hot and um, when we'd come to Medina at Fajr time up until the time Zohar actually kicked in we, I remember walking around in, in a cardigan in a jacket and wrapping up a bit more because I felt the chill I was like wow it's April time and it's a bit chilly around this time but after Zohar when the sun had come out it was hot but it wasn't unbearably hot as it was in 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 Makkah and I think now the infrastructure's changed because there's some I, I don't know you could probably correct me now on this I've been told that when it, when you go to Makkah the entrance to the Gaba there's only one way of coming in because when I went you could come in from any gate is there specific gates in and out or is this yeah there are now there are the specific gates that you can come in from they've sort of made it a one-way system so people don't get crushed 
and lots of cordoning off around the Makkah. You don't know when they're going to block one area off. You might have to walk a long distance before you get back. I used to just look up, find the tower, and I knew where I was going. They were like, you're a tour guide. And if I, if they changed something and I wasn't aware of it, I was told off. You're not a very good tour guide, are you? <laughs> yeah. But some of the times, you know, they would, they just do, you know, they just block something off. But wow. Alhamdulillah, we'd find a way back because you just look up, see where the tower is, because yeah. that's where we were staying. And yeah. you just start going round. Yeah, I know. And I guess you must have burnt some calories out there, like on average doing, I don't know if you were monitoring your steps, but I remember my mum saying she was doing about 20,000 steps a day. In, in yeah, yeah, if you were doing all the umrahs, etc., you you, you'd probably be doing that. But I was spending a lot of time just sitting there. So if you're going in and out, yeah, if you if you went in, say, um, at the hot time and you came out, after Isha al-Maghrib, sometime you can nip out. But, you know, between Asr al-Maghrib, if you nip out, you can't get back in again. Oh. Especially between Asr al-Maghrib, you couldn't get in again because they've got a limit of people that can go in and then they block off and don't allow you in. So you need enough time to be able to get to the Kaaba. And the women are always hushed off in places because they're cleaning them or there isn't that much space because Islamically, you know, men should be at the front. So the men are the priority in front because yeah. your prayers aren't even valid if you're in front of the men, mm-hmm. you know. So, they, you know, you know they have to make sure the men are in front. So if there's a, more men inside, they have to be in front of you. You have to be behind. Yeah. And, you know, you always want to make sure that, for me, it was if I'm there, I want to be in front of the Kaaba. So I always made sure that I left enough time to be able to go there and, and you do forget when you go the first time and you've gone and all of a sudden the cordons are off and then you get sent to the top floors to go and pray there. Yeah. So, which isn't bad really, but sometimes, you know, and then you get the hang of it that you've got to go at least an hour, two hours before uh, mm. Salah times to get get inside. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, I'm conscious of time. We've got probably about five, six minutes left, so we're not too bad at the moment. But um, was, was the not having, I guess your, uh, you gave me a brief story about the Egyptian lady that you met and <coughs> she communicated to you in English and she was able to communicate to the, the guards in Arabic. But do, have you picked up on any Arabic? How, how, you know, do you find that <coughs> not being able to speak Arabic is a barrier? I think it is a it is really important. I would love to speak Arabic. Mm. Um, I think it's... <coughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. <coughs> Have you got some water there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's really important that um, you know the language, but there are security guards, soldiers that can speak. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Let you have a sip of your water. That's fine. You go there and have a sip of your water. And if <laughs> listeners, if you have just tuned in, I've got Khadija with me this morning and we are talking about um, Khadija's journey on Umrah and how she has um, her experience, her knowledge, um, what preparations she has made. I'm going to get to that bit now. Just letting her um, clear her throat because I've got her doing a lot of talking this morning. So I've, I've dried your throat out. So I am I am sorry about that. So I have got... Um, Khadija sharing our journey now I just asked the question around the language barrier and you're saying that you're picking up on Arabic well I started and then it sort of went away again but I think it's really really important that you know you do know the language because people that are fluent in Arabic can get a maneuver around a bit it's not that it it stops you there are no barriers when you're there but you'll always find somebody even if it's the cleaners 
Yeah. If you can, if you speak Urdu, they'll speak Urdu, you know, and they can translate for you because they can all speak Arabic. Yeah. So, you know, um, most of the time people will go as a group. I've never gone as a group. Yeah. And we've gone as a family. We've gone to the courses to learn to do things. And I'm no expert in terms of, you know, Language. I've only read by the books and my teacher, alhamdulillah, yeah. um, uh, and learned from there. And there's always, you can, you're always learning, you know, there's things that you, you'll find out. But um, it, I, I personally find that knowing the language is that much more yeah. beneficial. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, now, last thing to ask you. Um, well, I, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions, actually, but one I, I really want to know. But I always feel this because, Mashallah, you've made several um, trips to um, uh, Makkah, Medina now and you've performed Hajj as well. So, you know, you've done the the key part that as a Muslim we must try and do, which is performance of Hajj. Um, how how does this make you feel from, you know, um, a spiritually connected person? Do you think each journey has changed the way you are as a person? it's it's changed you spiritually more connected with with um Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know how has this impacted you because when we're there mm. you're in a different trance you're you know you know you are we we I mean we are close and connected to Allah wherever we are but when you're there you feel that extra closeness an extra connection and many people because they feel that we'll make several journeys and we'll go there. But now you've come back and you are where you are and you're living your daily life. How do you keep that connection? You know, how, how are you with that? I think, you know, performing, praying, um, you know, I think this, uh, it's really hard to describe. Um, every time I've been going, mm. it just, you just have this feeling within you. It's really hard to describe, but, you make more of the effort. Um, I always have it in my head when sometimes um, you're working and you think about, well, if I did a bit of overtime, um, I'd earn a bit more money. And to be honest, that's the mind I have. So if I do a bit more, if I'm praying a bit more, if I'm reading a bit more, this be, that's my overtime as being rewarded. Um, and... Um, when you, you sometimes think about things and you think, oh, I'm not going to do that, I'm tired, I think to myself. If I was working, I think about the money and think, you know what, I'm going to get a bit more money. So I just do that. Yeah. And alhamdulillah, where previously I would probably think I'm too tired to do that, mm. I make more of an effort to do it. And alhamdulillah, Allah gives me the strength to be able to do it. May Allah give me more strength Amen. and invite me back again. Um, Amen. Khadija, we are um, coming to the last 40 seconds of the show. So any any top tips? I mean, you've got about 20 seconds now. Any top tips that you could say to anyone? I think the biggest top tip is to be patient. That is very key on the journey. And always remember why you're actually there. Uh, this is not an average holiday. Yeah. This is your personal spiritual journey. Uh, and don't let the worldly things ruin it. Uh, and um, alhamdulillah... Uh, in Ramadan, maybe when you're doing your uh, show again, I can talk about Hajj in more detail, alhamdulillah. Um, uh, um, if I'm not gone away in Ramadan. No, you're going to um, stay right put. But Khadija, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are near the end of the time. So I hope listeners, and I have no doubt listeners, were able to take something positive from today's show. Take care. Assalamu alaikum.
Alaikum salam. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.